Welcome to 21st Century Women, a podcast that is dedicated to finding fabulous women doing fabulous things. You can check us out on social media or the website 21cwomen.com. And on today's episode, we're speaking to a very, uh, very close friend of mine who at the age of just 27 this year was diagnosed with cancer. Uh, Kelsey competed at the ITU Age Group World Triathlon Championships in Chicago 2015. Plus, she is very passionate uh, about healthy living and soulful living. So a person you think cancer couldn't or wouldn't touch And on this episode, we go deep into her experience. Just a routine doctor's appointment in a way, I guess. I had a sore gland, hadn't made any connection to cancer whatsoever. GP sent me off to get an ultrasound. The the sonographer got a doctor in and at that point, part of me went, yeah, this, this isn't great. I walked out of that and got the phone call and was told I had thyroid cancer. It is a very raw story, but inspiring, and it does make you want to take a rain check. And as Dolly Barton says, don't get so busy trying to make a living that you forget to make a life. Now, I hope you enjoy, and welcome to my very close dear friend, Kelsey Mahone. Welcome, Kelsey. Thanks, Jen. To 21st Century Women. Kels. A very dear friend um, with a very intense and interesting story. And I think you've come out the other end and it's pretty damn fabulous and people should hear about it. So I don't know how to uh, start the story, but you went travelling for eight weeks, America, Canada, 2017, yes. started this year, mm-hmm. got back and finally, finally. got engaged. <laughs> about time. The week after you got back, which was... Super exciting. Uh, on Cloud Nine, mm-hmm. living your dream. So early first week of May, tell me if I'm wrong, got engaged. And yeah. then one week after your engagement, you found out that you got cancer. Yes, that is correct, Jen. <laughs> so tell me about that. Yeah, well. The roller coaster. The roller coaster. Um, yeah, well, I guess a week after being engaged, as you said, on Cloud Nine, Um and my life was turned upside down a little bit, I guess. Um, quite literally. Yeah, quite literally. Um, wedding planning definitely went out the window. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I was just a routine doctor's appointment in a way, I guess. I had a sore gland, hadn't hadn't made any connection to cancer whatsoever, Um from just an assessment at the GP, sent me off to get an ultrasound and I guess I think during the ultrasound I knew um, mm. they they found a nodule on my thyroid. Um, the, the sonographer got a doctor in and at that point part of me went, yeah, this, mm. this isn't great. Um, it, it was after that I was sent to a specialist um, had a biopsy. I think at that stage, you know, part of, as I said, part of me knew. Um, yeah. It's everyone around you that says, oh, no, it's not cancer. You I know. said that to yeah. you. Yeah, that's right. We had the conversation. I was like, don't worry about it. Are yeah. you kidding yourself? Yeah. yeah. But, oh, yeah, you knew. Yeah. Um, yeah, so and, and my fiancé now was exactly the same. He mm. was, you know, I, I brought it up with him and said, oh, well, what if it's cancer? And he mm. said, oh, you know, you're, you're 27, it's not cancer. Mm. Um but yes, one biopsy um, inconclusive and second biopsy, it was actually 
quite a, a, um, a funny, a funny story in that, um, through my work, I organize Mm. events and I found out, I got the phone call, um, saying that it was a malignant thyroid cancer, um, after I'd had a presentation done by the Resilience Project. I don't know if you've heard of them, Jen. Um, but by Hugh. Yes. What's his surname? Yeah. Hugh Van... Then someone. Yes. <laughs> we'll find that out. Sorry, Hugh. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Hugh had just been, you know, explaining about resilience and mm. um, how, you know, we need to be mindful and, and reflect on the things we have and be grateful for what we have. And literally I walked out of that and got the phone call and was told I had thyroid cancer. Mm. So when you got the phone call, mm. what the hell went through your head? Like... Yeah. yeah, what taught me through those 10 seconds? The first thing, which I probably didn't expect, I wasn't I wasn't like, oh, shit, I've got cancer. Mm. I, I sort of went, shit, how am I going to tell mum and Tristan, my fiancé, yeah. you know, they're going to be, they're going to be in hysterics once they find this out. Yeah. Um, and I don't think any part of me was, you know, I wasn't devastated. I wasn't like... I don't know. It was a really, it was a really strange thing. Um, but yeah, I got off the, the phone to the doctor and my first instinct was to call Tristan. He knew I was getting the mm. results that day. Um, and I think, I think I didn't take it as badly as you would anticipate when someone finds out they have cancer because part of me knew yeah. that that's what it was. And I, I'd kind of worked myself up to hearing that for the the past week yeah um it was more that now I've got to go and tell everyone that that's what's going on mm. 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 crazy so then tell us that when you when you go like you're going through it you're going through the entire emotions of and I don't know like do you do you get angry then do you get upset then do you get I don't know emotional like you mm. would have gone through so many different emotions even in the first hour then let alone the first few days and then telling people, you know, your family and your friends, like yeah, yeah, I yeah, it, it, it's a funny thing. I didn't react. I think I almost um, overcompensated in my reaction. I was again because I was so concerned about everyone around me, and I know that sounds yeah. really weird, but um, you were telling you know, me you were cracking jokes yeah. with Trick the Trist- night. Oh, Tristan got- came home <laughs> from work, and you know, I he'd only been home for two hours or something, and. You know, I, I made some joke about you've got to go and do the dishes because I've got cancer. Like, you know, just sick things like that. But I think that was initially my way of mm. of dealing with it was to put up a bit of a front, I guess, and um, and make out like it was all okay. And which part of me, I don't think any part of me at that stage thought, you know, is this it? Like, could, could I die? And, and, you know, so you didn't at all think that not at that stage. No. So they had, they told you at that point that, you know, we'll just like, had they told you the process, we'll just cut it out. It'll be fine. You'll be on your way. Or there was a lot of unknown. Well, from the beginning, it was really, um, I mean, from the start when the sonographer did the ultrasound, he said, oh, there's a nodule there, but I'm confident it's not cancer. Um, they did the biopsy and, um, they when they did the biopsy, they said no, no, it's it's a firm cyst. It's it's not cancer. So they good. said to you, it's not cancer. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. The 
the doctor doing the biopsy said, no, I'm, I'm positive it's not, it's all fine. Um, so I think it was just, you know, constantly someone saying, oh, no, it's fine, and then mm. next, next time it was, oh, actually, no, we were wrong. Um, and I had been told when I was diagnosed that it was a very non-aggressive kind of cancer. Um, it was, you know, usually isolated just to the thyroid mm-hmm. um, and the chances of it spreading were unlikely. So I think that's what I was holding on to. I, I wasn't concerned about, um, you know, this was going to be a month off work and mm. I could be, you know, am I going to have to have treatment and, you know, am I going to be really sick? Mm. Um, my mentality was more I'm not going to die so it's okay, <laughs> um, which, yeah, but like, did you think you were going to die at some point? Like, you still—it's um, still cancer. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. people, oh, everyone else will go. Well, I don't get it. Like, you're just kind of like, no, I'd be fine. Yeah. Would you were you in denial, or were you just being positive? Yeah. So I think I was in denial at the start, um, and then I definitely had. It probably took me a couple of days. Um, and my work was great. You know, they they told I explained to my boss. He told me not to come in. Um, and my sister and my mum actually were due to come up two days after I found out to go dress shopping, wedding dress shopping. <laughs> so I'd said to them, no, still come up, like we'll, you know, we'll just make a day of it. Um, and I think it it sort of took, again, I was just putting on a bit of a front, like it's all fine. And then probably it, it probably took three days until I went, you know, I had my first breakdown Yeah. Um, and I thought, oh, you know, this isn't great. This mm. this could be bad. Um, so where were you when that happened? In the shower. Yeah, I have a lot of breakdowns in the shower, Jen. It's my, Why, it's my place. Why, because a safe space for no Yeah, one I think so. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no one can see. Were you by yourself or was Trick yeah. home? No, I was by myself. Yeah, mm. yeah. He, uh, Trick did come in at one stage and I just lost my shit. Mm. But I think that was, that's probably, you know, I only had a couple of moments like that. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah, which is which is funny. I mean, I spend a lot of time kind of feeling really lost and mm. I think not working probably didn't help that mm. now that I think about it. Um, you know, you're just sitting at home in your own head. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it wasn't so much I was upset. I was just kind of – I was really lost. Mm. That's mm. – yeah, that's sort of – the only way I can describe it. Did you like Google and oh, did you send God, yourself did I insane? Google? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Googled everything under the sun. <laughs> and yeah, you know, it's um, it was good and bad. You know, you, you hear a lot of things that majority of the time it's the bad things though people yeah. put up on, on Google. Um, but yeah, I, I Googled, I researched and listened to podcasts about mm-hmm. thyroid cancer, the amount of thyroid cancer podcasts I've got on my phone at the moment. Really? Um, yeah, but, and it just kind of, um, sort of engulfed my everyday life because mm. I was just, that's all I would think about. I was just researching it and yeah. So how did everyone, like you said before, your parents came up and trick and telling people was hard. So I mean, they would have been beside themselves, right? And yeah. Trick would have been. How did you handle that? Like, how would were they putting on a brave face? Did they make yeah. you feel better? And then was it like everybody's tiptoeing around? Like, yeah. So, um, I think Trick was probably the um, he was the the most 
shocked I think mm. because he's a really positive person and nothing is ever like, you know, it's not going to go wrong, everything's fine. Yeah. And, and in his mind there was not one like the slightest chance that it was cancer. Yeah. Um, so for him it was really hard but at the same time I don't – he's probably the one person that I don't feel like I have to yeah. put up a front. Like I can say to him, you know, I, I feel really shit. Mm. Um, it was more more my family I think and mum, mum herself has actually had cancer. So she – as soon as I called her, she was in the same mentality as me and that she sort of had a feeling that that's what it was yeah. going to be. What did Candace, what, she didn't have thyroid though? No, she had breast and ovarian cancer. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and I think that's like, I think as a parent that's. that's oh, it'd be your worst nightmare. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that, that was my, you know, I just didn't want my family to have to deal with that and I didn't yeah. want them to have to be worrying about me. Um, and then, you know, people at work and. Um, I had to obviously tell my boss and, mm. and they work was really, really great. You know, they, they gave me time off as much time as I needed. Um, and I actually, so I found out on the Thursday and I decided that on the Monday we have a meeting every week at work and I decided on the Monday I was going to go in and tell everyone because I didn't want, I didn't want everyone, um, you know, hearing about it and thinking that I was going to drop dead. You know, I, I, I wanted it to come out of my mouth and explain to everyone that I was okay and this mm. is what was happening. Um, but I think as I said to you before, Jen, if you ever want to silence a room, go and tell people you've got cancer because yeah. <laughs> no one knows what to say. So, um, yeah, I think it was more just dealing. So when you do so, tell people yeah. and then you feel awkward, do you get pissed off with them or do you kind of go... I get it. No, yeah, I, I, I would react the same. Like, mm. I mean, even being through it, you still – there's not really anything anyone can say to mm. make it better. And so – and I think everyone knows that, you know, yeah. them saying, oh, you'll be okay. Like, but it's, it's nice, not, yeah, but, but it doesn't make it better. I don't have a cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's almost, you know, you then have to – people say, oh, you know – sorry to hear or whatever and and you have to be oh no it's fine everything's gonna be okay and I mean that in itself is exhausting Mm. um so Mm. yeah even saying the word we said this before Mm. saying the word cancer Mm. I struggle yeah I don't want to say it which is you know it's it's confronting yeah it it is so that's right to tell people and then even just to say the words confronting let alone to be sympathetic is a really Mm. difficult thing yeah yeah that's right and I as I said to you like I've I've now got a scar on my neck so people see that and people are very Mm. happy to ask what happened which is fine um but I don't say I had thyroid cancer Mm. I just say I had half my thyroid out and Mm. you know people are oh yeah like it's nothing Mm. but as soon as if if I was to say I had thyroid cancer the reaction is completely different yeah do sometimes you just want to say it though like yeah I do it's just it's less complicated yeah if I don't Mm. um and that's probably me being lazy in a way I just and it's me just not wanting to have to put that front on Mm. it's just easier to say I had half my thyroid out and people go oh yeah cool yeah well god that's crazy isn't it so those first what I mean let's even the first couple of days and a couple of weeks what questions went through your mind like you say you sat here in the house not working Mm -hmm. like you're lost what went through your head you would have gone yeah it was sort of a mix of things I 
a big part of me, you know, as I said, I Googled and it was like prevent cancer by eating well and exercising and not smoking and and I hadn't done, you know, I didn't smoke, mm. I, I exercised, I ate well and I guess part of you does say why me yeah. um, but at the same time my mentality too was, as I said, as long as I'm not going to die, I don't care mm. um, and, you know, I, I spoke to people and I just think about other forms of cancer, like as horrible as it is and it doesn't make it any better, I had people say to me, you know, oh, if you're going to have cancer, this is a good kind yeah. to have, yeah. which in itself is not really helpful thing I don't think because yeah, it's, it's, you know it's it's still cancer it's still kind of shit but yeah. it's completely true in that it could be a hell of a lot worse yeah. you know it, it's not it's not a brain tumor and I mm. you know it it wasn't a terminal diagnosis mm. um but were you scared yeah. of dying at all Did yeah it go through your head? yeah yeah that went through my head and I think it sounds really funny but I just thought got way too much to do before I die yeah. <laughs> a big thing was um kids I went I can't like I haven't had kids yet I haven't experienced that I, yeah. I need to have children before I die um but yeah absolutely it went through my head and um it's does a, it still go through your head uh not really it's sort of I mean it it's still it's been I don't know eight nine weeks since all of this happened and um which I is still of, fresh. Yeah, it is still fresh. It's not it even three fresh. months. Yeah. Um, but has it been that long? Yeah, <laughs> close to that. Um, but, yeah, it does still go through your head and, you know, you every little lump and bump you think, oh, mm. is, that, is that something? Mm. And, um, but, yeah, it, it really it flipped my world. You know, I, I decided that if, if it was to be terminal, you know, I... I knew it wasn't, but I thought, mm. you know, imagine if this was. So I I changed a lot of things in my life. I um, cut down on some of my work and decided to do what I really wanted to do. Yeah. Um, I guess it sort of made me realise not to sweat the small stuff yeah. to a degree too. Yeah. Mm. So I guess my – because even as a friend, it makes other people around you more grateful as well. And I go, oh, my God, I – can't complain about anything and and you go okay I'm not going to worry and I'm not going to and then for me who hasn't been affected but certainly for a day I talk to you and I feel oh my god I'm so selfish and then after a week I'm sweating the small stuff in do you think you will in like a year's time oh yeah like, oh yeah yeah 100 percent. and I know yeah you always say that you know I can't, can't complain to you but that's life like yeah you know, we've got to complain and, and I don't I I think it's completely normal that we have you know all these problems mm. and things build up and um but I think it's just putting things in perspective you know mm. I I like for example the wedding mm. um it was really important to it still is really important to me but um you know having a beautiful dress and having everything perfect and and now you know Tristan and I said to each other the other day like let's do it next weekend like it's just not <laughs> important to me and I mean, it's it's important to me, but the wedding's important. The wedding's but important, the... yeah. But the small stuff, you know, I've I've got a dress sorted, and it's not. I didn't spend thousands of dollars mm. on it, and part of me goes, oh, you know, should should I have spent thousands <laughs> on it? But it's just not. It's not the priority to me. It's yeah. You know, the priority is being married to the person I love, and you know, spending our lives together. It's not so much the way I look. Mm. It's. It's an added advantage that I'd like to look nice on my wedding day, but um, 
you know, it's it just sort of really flips mm. the way you think of things. Yeah. About things. You touched on before, Kels, that, you know, your background, you're always been fit and healthy and then you're also a triathlete and quite a competitive triathlete. You're now coach triathlete. You have a degree in health science and major in exercise science and nutrition and you're currently completing your Masters of Public Health. Like you kind of, in terms of being healthy and clean and you're like the pin-up girl, you know. It's I like, like that, Jen. <laughs> yeah, but it's like it's one of those things before. It's like, so why me? It's like you it's almost like you couldn't be more healthy or more aware. Mm. So it's kind of, do you go, what? Stuff this. Yeah. Let's go no, with burgers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but then do you, and this is a question you'll either get or hate, but do you go, do you think stress and trauma and worry has impacted this as well? You know how people say that yeah. trauma can give you cancer and stress is... yeah creates this yeah do you think there's an element of that um not not really not I mean I don't think so I like to think and it's probably just my mentality that I don't want to think that whatever you know it was it something I did that maybe Mm. not caused this but contributed to it um I think stress plays a huge part in Mm. you know your health um but I sort of feel like um cancer's like next level in that it's out of our control Mm. um and I think you know it does make you you know for example triathlon I was I was almost obsessed with it it was it was my life and just makes you go I love going for a walk on the beach I don't I don't want to go for a run and a ride and a swim every day I just want to go for a walk and I just want to do what I enjoy um and yeah I mean stress stress is a big thing and Mm. You probably, I think, for your mental well-being, mm. um, exercise is important. But if I'm going to stress about it, then it's completely mm. counterproductive to the physical element of it. Yeah, hundred percent. And that's what you see all the time, and not all the time, but people say that stress can create cancer. But once you've mm. got it, reducing your stress isn't going to get rid of it. Yeah, that's you know, right. That's yeah. that's what the thing that sucks. Yeah. So, you know, I saw a. <laughs> psychologist earlier this year not a psychologist a um what are those people that read your future like a fortune teller but what do they call them anyway whatever they are she said you've got to stop worrying and you've got to stop whatever you'll get sick you know which is so true your immune system adrenals everything get that but um but it's tough i think and i'm keen to get your thoughts and you've changed some of the things that you do which we'll talk about more but like we live in a highly intense world mm. right now and we're yep. covered with expectations and society puts expectations on to be the perfect people and mm. the perfect couple at the perfect fucking wedding. Yeah. Like everything yeah. has to be perfect. Yeah. It's like how do you get away from the stress? Like mm. how do you actually remove yourself from all of that? Yeah. Um, I, I mean I don't think stress is not necessarily bad all the time. Um, I think everyone sort of needs a little bit of – a little bit of stress, I guess, to motivate them and get them up and going. Mm. Um, but, yeah, you're completely right. Like we um, live in a world where we're, we're meant to be working and we're meant to be making money and, you know, we've got to have the best of everything and mm. um, we're constantly – I don't think we're ever really satisfied with what we've got. We're, you know, 
you get you you got a great job and you've got a house your roof over your head and you've got food to eat but it's like we want that promotion or we want that new house we want the new car Um, and I think that's a um, a product of living in the modern world unfortunately Mm -hmm. Um, I mean you look at people in India and you know they've got nothing and they're the happiest people in the world Mm -hmm. they don't have suicide they don't have high rates of depression like we do here yeah um I, I don't think yeah I don't think you can remove yourself completely from it but I think it's just a matter of taking a step back and going well mm-hmm. things aren't that bad you know yeah. there's all there's always someone worse off yeah. yeah yeah are you happier now do you think is that a random no no question? um yeah I think so I I don't know if I'm happier um I just I probably have a different perspective on life I Mm. think um I I think I'm more grateful yeah um I'm yeah I I think I was always a pretty happy person um Mm. and I think I still am now but I just yeah I see I see what's important I guess yeah and it's not it's not the material things it's the people around you and it's yeah it's what you've got Mm. now Mm. yeah then do people annoy you? Because out there at the moment, people people are so annoying. As they like, there's a lot of materialistic, mm. you know, and you're surrounded. Whether they're your a close friend or a family, yep. like people, listen, it's it's built on us at the moment. Yeah. yeah. Do you get angry at them now, or yeah. do you are you do you respect them less? Um, I get, any more than before you had. You know what up? gets me, Jen, is um, social media. Mm. That's something that I find has just completely changed the way we live. And I was actually talking to a girlfriend last night about it, you know, and I was saying, you know, I know this girl who everything she does is filmed and put on Instagram Mm. or Snapchat and all her friends, all they do is the whole time they're just filming what they're doing. And it's like we live in a world now where to um, like we have to show the world what we're doing and mm. that we're doing something and we have friends instead mm. of just being in the moment mm. you know spending time with those friends and um really having quality friendships yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Quality, yeah quality friendships I'd, yeah i quality feel like a quantity yeah they're yeah. harder at the moment with mm. social media and i think it's easier too to even engage via social media or even text and things we don't see each other as much and yeah no that's right exactly mm. Um, yeah, I completely agree. It's we live in a world where, you know, if if it's not on Instagram, it didn't happen. <laughs> it's just ridiculous, really. Um, but no, I'm not. I'm not angry at people. Them. <laughs> yeah, at them. Um, and I mean, you know, I do it too. You know, you take a Snapchat and and that's fine. But I think it's just when in Rome. When in Rome, mm. um, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Being balanced and yeah. getting the balance, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like maybe there should be a rule. Every Instagram post you have to write what you're grateful for. Yeah, <laughs> you got to tune out. Exactly. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I know this is a question you get all the time and you s- said before that um, whenever you told people the top question was, what were your symptoms? Yeah. Um, <laughs> what were your symptoms? Well, I didn't really have any symptoms, Jen. So I, I'd been tired for, you know, years and I was constantly at the doctor saying I'm mm. tired and the response was, um, you know. They're ringing you. Yeah, they're ringing. <laughs> <laughs> um, the response was always, 
oh, that's, you know, that's life now. Everyone's tired, which, which is true. Again, it comes back to the stress and mm. everyone is always tired. Um, but in hindsight, that was probably a, a big symptom. Mm. Um, but other than that, nothing. I had mm. no symptoms. It was pure luck that it, it was found. It was, um, as I said, I went to the doctors for a sore gland and that was, that was strange because I didn't have a cold, I didn't have anything going on. and So was it related, the gland? No, not completely unrelated. And it was just, I mean, they didn't, the sonographer didn't even have to look at my thyroid. It was just, they thought, oh, while we're, while we're here, we'll have a quick look at your thyroid. Um, that's like, yeah. Stars aligning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and that's. So did you get onto it early? Um, yeah, I mean, early, early enough that it wasn't, it hadn't spread or anything. They, they think it, it was a one and a half centimeter, um, nodule cancer. So it was a decent size, you know, it was probably there for a couple of years. Really? Yeah. And where it was positioned on my thyroid, a lot of the time when it's diagnosed, it's, um, because you can see it, you can see a lump or, uh. or it interferes with the way you swallow. Mm. Um, but where my, um, nodule was, was located was quite low on the thyroid mm. so it wasn't until they pointed it out that I could actually physically palpate it and, and feel it. Uh, so you could feel it once they yeah. pointed it out? Yeah once I knew where it was it took me a little while it was on the right side and I've been feeling the left side for about a week before I went hang on that's actually my left not my right um, <laughs> but yeah once it was. Here's me like touching yeah. my thyroid. <laughs> Just checking um, but yeah once it was pointed out yeah you could feel it. Yeah. Oh my god. Mm. Mm. So um, what do they say it was caused from? Well, um, they don't really know. They asked if when I was um, a baby I had any x-rays on my neck or anything mm. like that, um, which I didn't. But, yeah, it's just they think it's just one of those things. Really? Mm. God, that's crazy. Girls. Yeah. yeah. Um, you said a couple of times before the way you, the wedding preparations and – and stress and you've changed job is there anything else that you've changed the way you live now or do anything different um not really um no I mean work was a big thing in that I I really enjoy my work I love what I do I love the people I work with but it was I was just going through the motions Mm. um I wasn't you know it wasn't really um motivating and I I didn't feel like I was changing the world Mm. um not that I need to be but you know I Mm. I wasn't loving what I was doing um and yeah so that that was a bit of a shift in thinking in that I thought oh no I want to do what I want to do um I think to I changed my mindset in thinking that I had to work a nine-to-five job and I had to work full-time and I had to work for someone um, and if I didn't, there was something wrong with that. I was lazy or, you know, um, but that's it really. I mean, yeah, I, I took a little bit of a step back from triathlon because again, that was something that I just thought I'm doing this because I feel like I should be doing it, not yeah. because I'm enjoying it. Um, in regards to family and friends, I mean, I'm still, I still really value my family and my friends and. And that hasn't really changed. I, I mean, you think. were you always valued a family. That's yeah, cool. it's not yeah. like you were didn't see them. Yeah, and then all of yeah. a sudden you did. You've always that's right. Yeah, had that. Um, but yeah, nothing nothing drastic has changed. I just do what do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. No, I just do what I enjoy. I I don't want to do things. Yeah. 
um, because I feel like I should be doing them. I want to do things because I enjoy doing yeah. them. Mm. Yeah. And are you worried now at all? Um, or do you worry? I have moments where I sort of remember, like it, it's not it's not at the forefront of my mind anymore. It's not something I think about daily. But like, for example, I was just putting the, the washing on the drying rack and I just thought, oh, yeah, I wonder, you know, when, when am I meant to have a check again mm. and, and things like that. Um, but there's a 10% recurrence rate across my life. So if I was 60, it, it probably wouldn't be a mm. huge issue. But, you know, being 27, it's there's obviously that increased risk. Mm. Um, but they're also so, so all over it in that, yeah. you know, I'm getting blood tests every six months and scans annually for the rest of my life. Yeah. So um, I think, you know, yeah, the, the only concern is that um, – of it of it reoccurring and you know is it going to come back somewhere else yeah. like they take all your lymph nodes and and originally they actually thought it was in my lymph nodes but thank god it wasn't mm. um but actually that's yeah. Yeah. when you found out that it wasn't the aggressive type oh. where were you and what happened oh god well that's that's another one of those oh no it's not this and then they thought oh actually it is this so post surgery um i came out and and i was you know you're a bit out of it um, and, and mum and dad and Tristan were kind of a bit weird and I just didn't really think anything of it. And it was actually a funny story in that I went, I was probably three days post-surgery and I'd just been lying around and mum and dad were going shopping for a new car and I thought, oh, I'll just, I'll come with you and I'll just sit in the car and, you know, just to get out. Um, and we were in the back of an Audi with the car salesman um, and I got a call from the surgeon and in my mind as I said it was not aggressive mm. you know I'd been told all along it's very unlikely it was aggressive an aggressive type um, so we're in the back of the Audi and my surgeon called and she said oh you know all fine um, she'd mentioned after the surgery that my lymph nodes looked a little bit black and she thought it was in the lymph nodes mm. um, but again when you're told it's it's not aggressive it's like oh yeah it's in the lymph nodes and that's yep. it so I, I knew that um, and she said, oh, I, I was actually wrong. It wasn't in the lymph nodes. And she said, make sure you tell your mum that because I think I really scared her. No. And I thought, oh, what is she talking about? So I, you know, I turned to mum and said, oh, it, it's not in my lymph nodes. Like it's all fine. And mum burst into tears. Mm. And I thought, oh, what, what's going on? And she, she'd kept it, her and dad had, and Tristan had kept it to themselves that the surgeon had actually told them that mm. she thought it was the aggressive type. So, you know, when you get told that mm. it could potentially be aggressive and it's in your lymph nodes, mm. the, the first thought is it's it's everywhere and that's mm. it. So poor mum and dad, we just, So know, for three days you're here and they're just yeah, waiting for the and they're the just call. sweating on it. Yeah, oh, yeah without telling me. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, so we got back to the... Um, the Audi dealership and dad's just grabbed me and burst into tears and of course then we have to tell the salesman that you know I had thyroid <laughs> cancer and it's all fine and that's why everyone's crying and oh yeah did so, he give you the car no they didn't actually end up buying the <laughs> you car you should have just yeah. given it to yeah. you <laughs> exactly um oh. yeah so that was you know that was mm. a big relief mm. Mm. now I know you're a grateful person and all of those things but having cancer now and looking back on your life do you regret anything? Do you go, I wish I had done that? Or do you now just go, no, I've done what I want and I'm going to live the way I want now and not with um, care less? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't regret anything. Um, 
No, no, I don't regret anything at all. I, yeah, I, as I said, I look at going forward more than anything. I, I look at things differently. Mm. Um, but no, I don't, I don't regret, no, I don't regret anything. Um, I just want to be happy and I want everyone around me to be happy. Mm. And, um, I think that's the most important thing. You know, I, I want to experience as much as I can. Mm. Um, but, I think everything I've done, all the stuff ups I've probably made <laughs> way back when. It's not related. Yesterday, <laughs> last week. Um, they, you know, you don't learn things unless you stuff up, unless yeah. you, you make mistakes. Totally. And um, no, I don't, I don't think I regret anything. Mm, yeah. Totally. Um, now to not more serious stuff, but maybe more fun stuff. Your wedding. Oh, the wedding. So I kind of, you know, <laughs> we should be talking about the wedding for the last six months instead. You've, you yeah. know. Um, so has all, I mean, this would have taken, either has this whole cancer journey, not that that's a fun word, but journey detracted from your engagement celebrations and wedding preparations or has it been a good focal point? Um, a little bit of both, you know, it, it kind of, obviously people that are close to me knew about the cancer. Mm. Um, I didn't, you know, I, it's not published anywhere and, and, but people close to me and, and I'm not, I'm not embarrassed by it. I'm happy for people to know, mm. but it does, it, it probably does take away a little bit, you know, people, mm. um, you know, you see people that you haven't seen and you yeah. expect them to be, oh, congratulations, so exciting, um, which it which it is sometimes, but then it's usually quickly followed by, oh, how are you? Is everything yeah. okay? You know, um, yeah, which, which is fine, which is nice. It's it's good that people recognise it. Um, I think I went a little bit hard with the planning when I first found out, you know, I was How many home. dresses did you try on in the week you found out? Oh, a lot, a lot of dresses. <laughs> whatever it takes to cope, yeah, exactly. I say whatever yep, it takes. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, between – I actually said to someone it was really strange because I would, I would research weddings and then I'd research thyroid cancer <laughs> and then I'd go back to weddings. Um, so I went really hard when I first – you know, when we first got engaged and I found out about cancer just to detract, distract myself. Um, now it's just let's do it. Like yeah. it's just kind of um, – it'll be great but, you know – Weddings are hard work. Yeah. yeah. Someone come out and help us. Yeah, that's right. Um, Kals, what advice do you have for young young women, young girls, um, even older, but I think young women who think they're bulletproof. I mean, you know, up until you're 25, we definitely feel like we're bulletproof. And then some, yeah. we start to go, oh, hold Question on a minute. But even things. then it's like young girls under 30, yeah, even some older, that we think we're bulletproof. Yeah, yeah. I think... Do um, we keep thinking that? <laughs> oh, I mean, you can't you can't worry about everything as well. It, um, but we're not, um, I guess. Mm. And, and I was really lucky, you know. I was like, I was so lucky and, and mm. I could go out tomorrow and get by a car, you know. It's, mm. <laughs> you know, we're, we're not bulletproof and... Um, I think it just comes down to just doing what you want to do. You know, you've got to, you've got to have, you've got to have enough enough money to live and things. But um, I think there's no point in working, you know, mm. forty hours a week and hating what you're doing, and but thinking that you've got to make money and thinking that you know always um, wanting the next best thing. Mm. 
Um, but yeah, no, we're absolutely not bulletproof, unfortunately. <laughs> I find too, even at the moment, we do a lot of, are we happy when, you know, yeah. I'll be happy when I get that promotion or yeah. I'll be happy when I have that house. Exactly. And um, I feel like it's harder and harder to, I guess, live in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Do you, I mean, cause I kind of feel like you would now because what you've gone through, yeah. but do you like, do you meditate now or do you do anything to make sure that you stay in the moment? Yeah. So I think, um, again, with the resilience project with Hugh, he was really helpful in, um, gratitude and mindfulness mm. and I, I don't meditate and I should, um, but gratitude something that I think I'm, I'm pretty good with now. And I mean, it slips. Mm. I'm not all the time like, oh, I don't need that because I've got a nice, you know, <laughs> whatever. Um, the, of course you want things and, and there's That's no, so there's no problem with wanting things. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, gratitude, if I'm having a shit day, I mm. just think, I've got, I've got a family that love me. I've got running water, you know, yeah. that's enough at the moment. Mm. Um, I, I try and write down or, or at least think about, um, three things that have gone well in the day. And I remember when all this thyroid stuff happened, I really struggled. Like there was yeah. one day where I was like, <laughs> no, nah, it was all crap. Like oh. there was nothing good that happened, but there is, there's always something, you know, um, mm. whether it be that, you know, you come home to the person you love or you eat a meal that night, mm. there's always something. And I think mm. that's, yeah, mm. for me, that's a really important thing just to put things back in perspective. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. They say, cause I'm huge on the gratitude apps, mm. but they say they, um, that when you walk into a room, for example, you notice the first seven negative things before you yeah. notice a positive and it takes yep. 30 days for that to change. Mm. Um, yeah, it's important. Like I remember doing mine and it was right down to grateful for my coffee. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. yeah. And when do you, we, in this day and age, even stop to go, yeah, this is a great coffee. Yeah. We don't do any of that. Um, and it's rare that you report on that. Yeah. And let alone go great. I'm grateful for my life. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Usually it's you complaining that it's a bad coffee. No one really says this is a really good coffee, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. And I think that's just our the world we live in unfortunately it's you it's know easier to be yeah not nasty yeah. but it's harder to be nice which yeah yeah will change eventually yeah <laughs> it will change. yeah <laughs> um Kels do you have I mean I want to hear from you if you've got a favorite quote um because who doesn't love a good quote um but do you have any other advice or you know I think your story is inspiring and how you've handled it handled it is is amazing especially <laughs> at 27 um it's yeah it's phenomenal um so do you have any advice for anyone out there going through it or Um, scared or just people under a fucking rock like live your life people I don't know like do you have any advice um well for one I I don't think I'm that great so thank you (laughs) thank you 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 know you really flatter me Mm. um but uh, yeah I just um I think just the whole sort of theme of this and I feel like I keep coming back to it but it's you know just stop stressing and stop Mm. you know stop wanting and just live for the moment and my my quote is such and I think it really resonates with um with what I was going through and it's um oh god what is it (laughs) everything will be okay in the end and if it's not okay then it's not the end yeah 
Um, and I think that's a really great one because it just, everything has, everything has to have an end. Mm. You know, you, you go mm. through these hard times and, and life's tough. Like it's not, we don't mm. all breeze through it. And I think it's just having that, that even no matter how shit things are, eventually mm. you're going to come out the other end and, yeah. and it's all going to be okay. And you're going to be better for it. Yeah. Um, and just learning from, you mm. know, going through tough times or, mm. or um, any trauma and, and every, it happens to everyone. And, mm. and I think you can either reflect on it and feel sorry for yourself, I guess, which again is completely normal. And, and I felt sorry for myself, but mm. um, I think you've got to get over that and, yeah. And let it change you, not change you, but let it um, let it just shift the way you think and the way you do things. Yeah, hundred percent. Mm. Well, Cal, thank you. Thank you for coming on. Thanks, Jen. Twenty first century women. Thanks Another for me. fabulous woman doing fabulous Stop things. <laughs> Thanks, Cal. Thanks, Jen. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of 21st Century Women. Today we've been talking with Kelsey Mahone, the soon-to-be Kelsey Francis. Join us next week for another episode of 21st Century Women, brought to you by John Rowland Media Productions. Take care and bye for now.